everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Matt. Thanks again for joining us. And today's topic is abundance. In my first full-time role as project manager, I worked at a place that was essentially a startup incubator. I was surrounded by people who were literal geniuses. It was an awesome place to work because every single day I was challenged in my thinking. There's probably not a place I've worked before or since that has developed my thinking as much as this place did. Most of the time, the team could sit down and take anything and make it better. Every day, we would meet with new aspiring entrepreneurs, and they would come in with a product or an idea or a proof of concept, and we'd listen, take notes, and then start asking questions. By the end, the person who had presented either took a good idea and made it better, or they had a lot of homework to do to make it better, or we essentially said they should just give up and do something else. Now, that may sound harsh, but not all ideas are created equal. Make no mistake about it, there are some bad ideas and bad concepts out there. Sometimes people would just get the direct negative feedback and ignore it and say, well, you just don't get it, or I just must not be explaining it well enough. I never got why they said stuff like that, because it just made them look bad. Reality check. Your idea is a dog, and get over it and turn the page. Again, that may sound harsh, but it's nicer than sparing someone's feelings and watching them spin their wheels for the next 10 years, invest all their money and time into something that's going nowhere. We have a saying at my current job, clarity is kindness, and that definitely applies here. In one particular case, a lady came in with an app that was supposed to be able to scan any item and tell you if it was certified organic or not. Now, I'm not judging the merits of this concept or not, but it's a serious tech lift. You literally need to have some sort of database that can recognize any object because she just didn't want to do food, but she wanted to do yoga mats and water filters and all kinds of crazy stuff. It was obvious as she started talking that she was a bit off. Sorry, that's as nice as I can say it. Finally, I said, look, my wife likes to eat healthy and there are dozens of resources available instantly on your phone, which do the thing that you're proposing this app will do. Plus, to even get a first version of this going is going to require a ton of resources. You need to spend some more time doing some market research before you pursue this any further. Her response was, well, I bet if I went to your house right now and I looked in your cabinets, I could find some food that wasn't healthy. And I'm like, what the heck does that have to do with anything I just said? She was kind of nuts, but honestly, I was glad to hear all the pitches that I heard because it helped me grow as a person. Now, that story really doesn't have to do with what I'm talking about, but it was fun. If you notice, when I was talking about my team, I said they could always make almost anything better. The key word there being almost. There was one situation that we always, and I do in fact mean always, struggled with. And that was a blank sheet of paper. I still contend to this day that if you give someone a blank sheet of paper and say, create anything you want, most folks will sit there and stare at the paper for an hour and be frustrated and overwhelmed. Why? Because they have so many ideas that they can't narrow down to just one. So they suffer paralysis from analysis. Our team was no different. If we got in a room to ideate on something, we might end up with a thousand ideas, but have no idea that we loved and really no place to start. Ideation and execution are two very different skill sets. The first time I saw this play out practically was when I was working directly with our CEO. Because we worked with startups, we also had a ton of investors that were backing us. We decided to do a quarterly investor update to keep them in the loop. While conceptually, we all aligned that this was a great necessary idea, my boss, the CEO, was completely devoid of any ability to write something like this. 
This came to a head when I had been borderline harassing him to do this for the last few weeks, and he finally said, how about you draft it and I'll edit it? So I went back to my desk, and six hours later, I had a seven-page investor update ready to send. I sent it to my boss, and he said, hey, can you stay late tonight, and we can knock this out pretty quickly if you do. So I talked to my wife, and she agreed. Around six o'clock, everyone from the office went home. My boss and our COO stayed behind, and they suggested we get dinner. So we went out, grabbed dinner, then came back, and at this point, it was seven. He pulled up the investor update and read it. He said, hmm, I'm going to need to make a few changes. As he started going through it, I noticed something. He wasn't making a few changes. He was changing literally every word. Hear that, every single word. Five hours later, it was just after midnight, and we were on the home stretch, two paragraphs left. He said, you go ahead and head home, and I'll knock this out. I woke up the next morning, and I opened my inbox to find the investor update. I got to the end of the update and realized that he had not edited any more than he did when I was there and just went ahead and shipped it. Long story short, the whole experience was a total mess and I learned many things from it. The main lesson came in watching my boss change every single word of that document I'd spent six hours creating. I learned that the reason he just delayed this update for so long was because he literally didn't know how to start. It was a blank sheet of paper. Even though he changed every word of the document I meticulously created, it wasn't because he didn't th like it. Well, I mean, that's probably true, but because he needed prompts to keep his thinking on track. We learned a lot about what to do and what not to do when it came to investor updates that night, and I'm pleased to say that we did make a better process over time. So what does all that have to do with faith? We see this paradox in scripture between Jesus calling us to be restrained in our thinking and actions and yet promising abundance. For instance, in Matthew 7, Jesus is talking about how the gate to heaven is narrow and the path to destruction is wide, meaning that we must seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33, and fix our eyes on Jesus, Hebrews 12.2. He implores us to narrow our focus by looking only at Jesus, to seek the kingdom of God first in all we do, not our own desires, and to keep on the narrow path. Now, if you're not a Christian right now, you might hear this and think, well, that sounds really restrictive. I'd rather just do whatever I want. This is the blank sheet of paper versus an existing idea concept that I was talking about before. What happens when we say, I just do what I want, aka live my life on a blank sheet of paper? We go nowhere fast. We try to build our own empire, but even as we become successful, we find emptiness inside. We make lots of money, but realize that money can't buy fulfillment. We run to different relationships, but they all come up short. We pursue good things, but yet our life feels off, even when it shouldn't. The blank sheet of paper is the wide path that Jesus is talking about. But when Jesus speaks of the narrow path, he speaks of abundance. When we decide to get off the blank sheet of paper, and instead we turn to the prescriptive path that Jesus offers, we find an abundant life that is more fulfilling than anything we could ever dream. When I choose the narrow road for my finances, that means that I tithe 10% immediately off my gross paycheck and give offerings of thanks to the Lord as he leads me. When I do that, I find that 90% of my money blessed by God goes further than 100% of my money not blessed by God. When I choose the narrow path for my family and do all I have to do to get my kids into church each Sunday, I might not be able to sleep in or be as chill in the morning as I want to be, but my family is learning together about who God is and setting ourselves up for abundance in our hearts. When I choose not to stream certain movies or listen to certain music, that could be seen as restrictive, 
But when I listen to music that celebrates my faith in Jesus Christ or movies that aren't full of sex, violence, or swearing, I find greater abundance in my mind. You see, in the kingdom of God, abundance comes through lack of choices, not through a plethora of choices. That may sound counterintuitive, but think about it this way. Is my marriage going to be more abundant if I decide that only death is going to separate my wife and I, so therefore I'm going to work every day to make this marriage better and better? Or will it be more abundant if I keep divorce in my back pocket just in case things aren't as easy as I'd like for them to be? Am I going to be better at my job if I decide that this is where God has called me and I'm going to bust my tail every day until he calls me somewhere else? Or more abundant if I'm constantly looking for the next job with the biggest salary? Are my relationships going to be abundant if I commit to good Christian friends who I meet with regularly to be challenged and prayed for? Or if I'm closed off to people and I don't let anyone in and I don't have an opportunity to grow or share? When we commit our choices to God's way, it's when we find the abundance that he promises through the kingdom. The kingdom of God is full of paradoxes. There are so many things that don't make sense until you do them, which is faith. But when you do, you'll discover a kingdom of abundance that you never experienced before. So where are you living today? Are you buying into the lie that abundance means I can do whatever I want to whenever I want? Or are you walking the way of Christ and understanding that abundance comes through the guardrails that he's put up in our lives? And when we walk within those guardrails, we'll find a more abundant life than we could ever ask or imagine or dream. Lord, this morning, I thank you for whoever might be listening to this, wherever they are today. And I pray, Lord, for your richest blessings on their lives. I pray, God, that they would understand the kingdom of God in a new and profound way. I pray, God, that they would not buy into this earthly lie that abundance comes in the form of doing whatever I want when I want to, but rather through the kingdom of God. And that says abundance comes through the guardrails that Jesus has set before me. And so I pray, God, that you would stoke that fire of obedience and faith in our heart. And, Lord, that abundance truly would come as the kingdom of God comes in our lives. We ask this and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again so much for listening today. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I just pray that God's hand would richly bless you. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks. <laughs>